Welcome everyone to another edition of Empire Rights Back, the podcast. Once again, it's your guy, John Franklin here, co-site expert with our guy on the phone this time, sad to not see his face, Sean Dyer. And we're bringing in a little special guest, uh, a Mets expert, if you will, a connoisseur of all things Amazing Mets, Mr. Richie Todd. And guys, the Subway Series is just underway last night. The Yankees taking game one of a four-game set, two in the Bronx, two in Queens. Uh, little sweater for the Yankees for uh, a while, four to two final. Um, what were your major takeaways? Let's start with you, Richie, while you're in front of me. From the Mets' perspective, it's kind of a, a, a restructure year. Wouldn't call it a rebuild. What do you think is going on in the Mets' heads after last night? Uh, I think with the Mets, they obviously have to be pleased with how Montero pitched because I think he has shown the ability that he has good stuff. He throws really hard, and he's got like the makeup to be a good pitcher, but his command hasn't all been there. And then he had that tough fourth inning against the Yankees, but he only gave up one run and got out of it. So I think with you know Montero, you have to be pleased. But you know their same problem stems back to their you know, lack of offense, the bullpen, Robles' inconsistency, but, uh, you know, just a typical Mets game with the bullpen blowing it at the end. Yeah, my one of my biggest uh, takeaways myself from the Mets' perspective, and Sean, I think you'll appreciate this one, is uh, I was I was watching from the Yes Network, and they brought up how last year, it was last year, I think, or two years ago, when Robles had the blow-up at Mark Teixeira for stealing signs, and Teixeira oh, was just yes. in his head on second base, you know? And, and he's sort of pointing at his head, right? Yeah, he was just like, I'm in your head. And he's just, Teixeira was pointing, like, at, like, just doing stupid baseball signs with his, his nose, like, forehead, just pointing around his face and stuff. And Robles got absolutely rattled, and the ump had to walk him off the field. It was crazy. But, uh, so yeah, Sean, Richie touched on uh, the Mets' bullpen inconsistencies, I think. Last night, one of the better things for the Yankees was the bullpen got back on track, and it was without seeing who Joe Girardi called their closer or all this Chapman, I think you could touch more on that, that I'd argue the bullpen looked better without even putting Chapman out on the bump. Yeah, I, I personally am in the camp that believes that Chapman's time at closer may need to take a little break just because there's so many other options. And I think Paul O'Neill touched on it yesterday during the game that the only reason that there's even a question of removing Chapman is because there's so many great options out there. Um, Obviously, Batances closed it down last night. Uh, Robertson got the win. But aside from those late-inning guys, Chad Green has just been unbelievable the entire season. Uh, Sessa comes out with an injury last night after four and a third. And Green goes two and two-thirds, shutout. Doesn't give up a hit, just walks one guy and strikes out four. Uh, he's been unbelievable. Former starter that turned into a reliever. And I hope that the Yankees don't ever try to turn him back into a starter. I think he's similar uh, to Jabba Chamberlain, how if you bring him back as a starter, it could just go a lot worse. But ERA under two this year, and he just comes in. He's so steady, so consistent, throws strikes. Uh, he throws a lot harder out of the bullpen like most guys do. So I think Chad Green is the big story from last night for me, coming out of the, in terms of uh, the bullpen and the pitching staff. Yeah, no, just to, and to bounce off that, I think that the major takeaway for me from not only the, the Chad Green performance, but pitching in general was – Robertson looked really, really good. He did. And over the course of that eighth inning, he looked very, very good. I thought that he kind of... I know Batantis came out and closed, but I wouldn't put it past Girardi to put Robertson back out there as a closer if they want to take Chapman off the out of the closing role. Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's because there's so many great options. They can have Batantis close one day, Robertson the next. 
Um, they could always have a Green set up, be a set up man, or Warren be a set up man, or uh, Tommy Canely, who we didn't see last night. He strikes a ton of guys out. So they have a lot of options in the late innings out of that bullpen. So yeah, I think I wouldn't. I don't know if I would remove Chapman altogether, but maybe take some time off. Um, move, work him in uh, in the eighth inning, maybe, or if you have a three-run lead, maybe you bring him in there. But in the tight games, he just his fastball isn't quite what it, he was throwing. Just as fast. He, I mean, the Devers home run the other night was 102 miles an hour. Um, he's throwing hard, but he just throws straight, and these professional hitters can time it up and hit that fastball. Just square, if, he slide, yeah. if, he if he doesn't have a slider working or he's not using it, uh, the, the fastball really is no good. It just um, which was he proved uh, against the Red Sox the other night. Um, obviously, you're paying him 15 million dollars, so you have to use him, and that could be uh, could influence why Girardi said he's still his closer. But uh, I don't know. I, I think right now. Because they have the Yanks have the second most blown losses in the league at twenty. So you should say even mm-hmm. half of those blown saves you get wins. We're in first place, so I think it's uh, something that needs to be addressed. But who knows? Who knows what they're gonna do? Yeah, and just a little breaking news from the podcast. Ben Heller just went out and struck out ten out of thirteen batters in his latest performance. As if the bullpen couldn't have gotten any better for the Yankees. Just got that notification via MLB MLB at bat the app. So. uh why don't you guys check that out? But, Richie, coming back to you in the Mets direction, uh, like I said earlier, I noted, restructure, not a rebuild, but last night, the bats came alive a little bit. You know, you saw Cespedes go deep. Um, it it was kind of, it was a little bit of the Mets of old. You saw And Granderson, a little flashes back to his Yankee days going yard in the short porch. But... Is it is it almost time to even though he went he went yard is it time to get rid of Granderson is it time to part ways with him? John, I wish you could tell Sandy Alderson that. Thank God you said that. Um, I think my biggest gripe as a Mets fan right now is that okay, you trade Duda, you trade Walker, you trade Bruce, you trade Addison Reed. Okay, like we're giving up on this year. Let's have the young guys come up. We'll bring up Rosario. We'll bring up Dominic Smith. We'll give them a shot and see how they do, which is completely fine. But then why are you playing Curtis Granderson? Like, you can't, I don't think it's like a thing where you can go, all right, we'll play a couple of vets and just play all the young guys at this point. Like, you're, what are they, 10 games under 500? Like, there's no point of having Curtis Granderson play. Like, I, unless they're just trying to, like, bring up his trade, like they're trying to trade him and deal him somewhere and they want to just, you know, maybe hits a couple home runs and it'll have more value. But, you know, like you have Brandon Nemo and Lagaris on the bench who can be playing with Conforto and Cespedes. Cespedes is in your long-term plan, so is Conforto. I would just be giving Nimmo and Lagares that playing time, maybe platoon, you know, platoon with, with uh, righties and lefties, rather than keep giving Granderson the playing time and you know see him bolster his average when the season's already gone. Yeah, I agree. You know, Nimmo has been one of those guys that Mets fans are excited about. Just at a bottom line, Mets fans are excited to see Brandon Nimmo, what mm-hmm. he could do, and like you could said, until his swing is completely full formed against all types of pitching, you could platoon him with a guy yeah. like Ligars. And the thing with Nimmo is, like, you know, I'm, I have no idea how he's going to be. Like, I really don't know. I mean, I think he's, what, like 25, 26 maybe? I think he's 26. Around that age. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he's the future, but at least give him an opportunity. And it's like, this is the time to give a guy an opportunity. It's like, you know, okay, okay maybe when the Mets are six games out of the wild card in, you know, mid-June, it's like, all right, we're going to keep playing Granderson. You know, we might still be in contention, but this is the time. I mean, they're completely out of the race. Give Nemo and Ligaris the time. And, you know, they yeah. might – yeah, Sean, go ahead. I was just saying, I think it's similar to the Yankees last year when they sold at the deadline, right. got rid of Beltron. Uh, they brought Judge up for a little bit to play right field, but the big thing that came out of that was Aaron Hicks got consistent playing time down the stretch. 
And Hicks struggled all year when he was the fourth outfielder getting uh, a start maybe once every couple days. And he was hitting like around 200. But then once he got consistent playing time, he started hitting like around 280, 290, which is what we're seeing him do now. And I think that getting him a chance to play at the end of the last season, it gave the Yankees a chance to see that, oh, that's just a pretty good player that with everyday uh, at-bats, he could get a chance to actually show what he could do. And now this year they've given him plenty of at-bats and he's been phenomenal. So I think that's you could do something similar, see exactly what you have from Lagares and Nimmo, if they can get somewhat consistent at-bats because they are much more a part of your future than Granderson will be. Yeah, Sean, you took the words right out of my mouth just t- saying the Beltron trade and even the Andrew Miller deal and stuff like that are moves that the Mets are going to have to make down the stretch. Richie, what do you think is the big the big move that they're going to have to make in order to, to make last night? You know, last night was kind of sugar-coated with the home runs, but you don't want to see a guy like Granderson out there. What's what's the ultimate move the Mets are going to have to make? Now, are we talking for the series or, like, long-term? For the, for the series, uh, for the just, series. Uh, just for the series. Uh, you know, I guess the pitching just needs to be there, especially, you know, with young hitters like Rosario. I mean, Rosario's been doing okay, but Dominic Smith has kind of been struggling so far. So, you know, their lineup's depleted without Bruce. I mean, Bruce hit, what, like 30 home runs, 29 home runs before he got traded. So, you know, like DeGrom's going to have to come and have his, you know, A-game stuff because, you know, the Mets, show, you know, they strike out a lot. They, they don't score a lot. And, you know, especially after all the trades, I think, you know, they just, the pitching has to be there. That's their only hope to, you know, win a couple games. Yeah, and you know, Jacob DeGrom, he's on the bump tonight against Sonny Gray. And when we come back, we'll be touching on tonight's game. You guys won't want to miss it because this podcast is coming out right before first pitch. Empire Rights Back. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. Once again, this is the Subway Series special. Check out that alliteration of Empire Rights Back, the podcast. And we're bringing it in tonight, to, right now, to talk about tonight's game and pitching matchup, probably the biggest one of the series, probably going to determine whether or not uh, the Yankees have a chance to sweep the Mets uh, in this four-game set. We got Jacob deGrom against uh, Sonny Gray. And Sean, what do you think Sonny Gray is going to have to do in order to hold it down against a top-tier guy like DeGrom? I think, well, I don't, I don't know if he's going to have to do too much more than he's been doing. If you look at his two starts for the Yankees so far, he's pitched well in both of them. Uh, in his debut with the Yanks, he got no defense behind him. That was the big three-error first inning. It kind of set the tone for the game, but he did settle down after that. Gave up one big hit late that kind of put the Yanks out of reach. Uh, but he pitched well in that one, then he pitched well in his second start. And they just didn't get uh, any offense behind him. So I think if he pitches like he's been pitching, um, he'll definitely keep the Yanks in this game. The issue will be if they can get him any offense against a guy like DeGrom. Because obviously he's the best, best pitcher right now. Uh, one of the better pitchers in the league. So I think Sonny Gray's going to do what he's been doing. He's been keeping the ball up uh, down in the zone, which is important because the Yank- uh, Mets do have some home run hitters, as, uh, they, as they showed last night. So I think if he can keep doing what he's doing, try and get uh, some soft contact, try some guys out, keep the Yanks in this game, and hope the Yanks can get some offense together against the ground. Maybe just maybe all it takes is uh, one or two home runs uh, like it did last night late. So I think uh, so more of the same from Sunday Gray, hopefully. Yeah, and Rich, just from your perspective as a Mets guy, what are you looking forward to seeing tonight out of the ground in a rather lackluster season for the New York Mets? 
I mean, DeGrom's been terrific this year. I think he's at 13 wins, I believe. And, you know, he's just been the reason, you know, that Met fans want to keep watching the games, you know, aside from, you know, the call-ups of Rosario and Smith. Uh, he's been, the you know, every five games, he's the guy you want to watch as a Mets fan, whether at this point in the season. But I think the biggest thing for him is tonight, he has to go at least seven innings because I think with the Mets bullpen, you know, you saw last night, I mean... You know, they don't have that liberty like that the Yankees have where they can bring guys in and, you know, keep the game where it is or keep the deficit where it is. I, you know, I've seen it multiple times. I thought they were going to score actually a run in the ninth inning to make it 4-3 to three because I was, you know, so frustrated with that Goodell uh, home run that he gave up because I'm saying, you know, that's, that's a situation where a Yankees guy comes in, you know, any of those guys come in and they'll hold the game where it is and then you can tie the game. And so I, I think, you know, with the Mets – Shaky bullpen, DeGrom has to go at least seven tonight for them to win. One of my favorite parts about last night, uh, watching Dominic Smith get a defenseman difference. Watching that guy steal a base is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. But especially when he's huffing and puffing at second base and the ball wasn't even thrown his direction. Arguably one of the funniest things I've ever watched I, in my life. I can't believe Sean and I are older than that guy. That guy looks like he's 30 years old. and He's, he's a big boy. Yeah, He's a big he's man. He's a very big boy. He likes got, his got a little on it. Oh yeah, he... He came to Queens for the food. He's all about it. There's no question about it. Yeah, but. I mean, they, he's a very talented kid, but they said that his big issue throughout his minor league career has been keeping his weight intact. Because he's supposed to be a good defender, um, but when you put too much weight on, I mean, then you'll get Pablo like Sandoval. Prince, Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder at first base. He wasn't a bad defender, but he's not going to make any crazy play. He doesn't have a lot of range when you can't move quite when you're quite that big. So I think uh, keeping his weight in check is a big thing for Smith. But I think if he does keep his weight in check, I like Smith. I think he's got a pretty bright future. Uh, I know Richie was a little higher on Lucas Duda. didn't want to get rid of him, but I think it was. it's better for the <laughs> Mets to uh, move on from Duda and look towards the future with Smith. I think Smith could be a little better defender and will hit for a higher average, maybe not so much in the power department as uh, Duda did, but I, th- I, th- I do like Smith. So, Rich, Sean just came at you right there. Lucas Duda... <laughs> Dom, you, do you have no words to say about that, or do you think... You know what it is about Dom? I'm rooting for him. I really hope he does well, but, like, as when you see his physical makeup and the way he runs around the field and the way he moves and he's not doing well, it really doesn't look good. I think it looks worse when he doesn't do well as opposed to Duda just because of, like, I saw a ball last night. I think it was, like, a high throw, and he jumped for it, and it looked like he just took all the air out of him. So, I have faith in him. I, I, you know, I hope he gets it going. I think he, you know, like, obviously, I think he's at every level. I saw he was hitting, like, 300 in his minor league career. But, um, yeah, right now he's a little frustra- frustrating me a little bit just because I was a big dude, a fan. But, you know, we'll see what, what happens. Time will tell. Yeah, I mean, last night was Smith's, I think, fourth game. So, it's, it's very early, obviously. He's yeah. got plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, plenty of time. and. He's also, he, like we've touched on, he's young, and Ahmed Rosario's up too. We're not talking too much about him, but Rich, Ahmed Rosario, I believe, got the last out of last night's game, struck out looking. Uh, thought that pitch was a little outside. Not even go. being it biased here. Outside, I thought it was a little. Rosario struck out three times last night. Yeah, no, I know. He, I think he did have a hit, but he, yeah, he did have a couple strikeouts. I love him at short, though, by the way. Like, I think the Mets need that. They need, like, a, you know, a guy with great hands in the middle infield. I feel like they haven't had that in a while. And he did something, you know, I don't think I've seen since, I don't know, when Jesus Christ was alive. They stole a base last night. So that was <laughs> something that that was like, why don't they do that more? They need a guy with speed. The Mets are, 
arguably one of the least athletic teams in baseball. And I, you know, I, I don't know what Alderson's, you know, money ball theories are on that. Like, oh, I don't believe in this. I do believe in that. I think athleticism is key. I mean, the Royals showed in 2015 that it was important because that was a key element to their game when they won the World Series. So I'd like to see, you know, more of that, some more steals, you know, and hopefully Rosario can give them that uh, speed spark that they need. So yeah, just, I mean, uh, no, go ahead, John, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, early in, uh, early in Jose Reyes' Met career when he first came up, that was, that was what he did. He stole a lot of bases. Right. I yeah. uh, was an athletic guy, so I think Rosario could even, obviously I think it's supposed to be, could even be better than Reyes as an overall player, but yeah, that's. I agree. I think uh, Yankees don't do it enough either in terms of stealing bases. They have mm-hmm. guys like Gardner and Ellsbury, oh, and even yeah. Hicks that should be stealing a little more. Um, they do steal from time to time, but I think they could do it a lot more. I think I know uh, there were times early in the year where Gardner would get on base, and then Judge would be up, and they didn't want to take the bat out of his hands, so they would hold Gardner first. But I think uh, I agree with you, Rich, that especially a young team should be uh, athletic. Steal a lot of bases, uh, be more exciting to watch, and I think helps out uh, win more games. Yeah, that's true. Just to touch on that, there was a play last night. I was sitting there watching the game, and uh, first and third, there was one out, I believe. Yankees were still down 2-1 to one at this point. Gardner was on first, and uh, they didn't steal. And I couldn't believe they didn't steal because it was it was the ideal situation. You got first and third, one out. You got your probably your best base stealer in your lineup on base. You're down a run. <clears throat> Why not try to get that guy in scoring position? A bad throw gets the guy from third home. It, j- it was almost a perfect storm to just steal a base for Gardner. And even if there's two outs, it's still two outs with a guy on third. I know it's not ideal, but Gardner's going to steal that base a good majority of the time. And Girardi is very hesitant to do it, and I don't know why. But that's just that's a him problem, not a me problem. That's why I'm sitting here talking to a microphone, and he's out there in a the uniform every day. That's just... He's paid to make those decisions, and I'm not. That's the bottom line. But, guys, just to get back to you a little bit, Rich, uh, one game down, Yankees took the first one. Overall prediction tonight, what's going to go down in the Bronx? I'm going to say DeGrom gets the win tonight. Uh, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the series with City Field right now. I I actually, you know, I'd like to see the matchups. But uh, for tonight, DeGrom versus Gray, I think Gray's going to pitch well. I think he's a very good pitcher, and that, that was a great pickup for the Yankees. But, uh I say DeGrom gets the win tonight. Sean, uh, want to combat that, or you want to agree with that? What's your deal? Uh, I think it'll definitely. I think DeGrom definitely will pitch well. Um, as Rich said, he goes deep in the game, and I think he will. I think Gray will pitch well too. I think he's definitely be a low scoring affair. I think it'll be. It'll come down to a home run late that'll probably make the difference. Um, I think the Yanks could pull it. I could see it going either way. To be honest, it'd be hopefully the most exciting game to watch this series with the pitching matchup. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, all right, if you want, if you want me to predict one, I'll say Yanks win a tight one, Judge goes deep, but obviously Richie's going to say that I'm, I'm biased, but I think, uh, I wasn't gonna you, say got, that. You, you got the best <laughs> prediction, I'll take the Yanks prediction, um. It'll, it'll be a low-scoring affair, though. And you know, before we take a break, I'm going to split the middle. I'm going to say if DeGrom goes seven, or a little more than seven, maybe seven and a third, Mets probably win the game unless the bullpen falters again. But I think if DeGrom goes that deep, the Mets have probably a better percentage to win at that point. Uh, but if he gets rattled early, which he never does, but if that would ever happen and the Yanks get to him, the Yanks put the bats in their hands, Yanks win it. But I'm leaning more in DeGrom's direction, even as a Yankee fan right now, Sean. I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
Well, that's fair. I think if it if it comes down to the bullpen, obviously the edge goes to the Yanks because they have plenty of guys that can come shut down where the Mets struggle in that department a bit. So yeah, it'll definitely be up to Degrom to try and keep it out of the bullpen. If Degrom can keep it, uh, keep the game out of the bullpen's hands, yeah, the Mets should have an edge there. I would, I would agree. Yeah, you know what? Maybe not seven, Terry. Might have to go nine tonight for them to. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I honestly keep the bullpen uh, off the field. Yeah. All right, well, gentlemen, good stuff. When we come back, folks, you're not going to want to miss it. We got one more set left. We're talking predictions the rest of the series. We're giving you our classic final thoughts. You won't want to miss it. Empire writes back. We'll be right back. And we are back, folks. We are in the home stretch of what seems to be one of our millionth episodes. We've been doing this for a little while now, but now we're on uh, the Subway Series special. And once again, we're bringing in Richie Todd to my right, Sean Dyer on the phone to my left. And boys, Sean wrote an article this past week. You're going to want to check it out, folks, out there if you're listening on PyRightsBack.com about the potential of a New York Mets, New York Yankees super team in the future, 2018, Sean. Uh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, take us through your thought process right in this article. Give us your uh, your inside scoop. So, uh, Richie, actually, in the past, we've talked about the idea of the Yanks and uh, Mets coming together. Because it was a few years ago we talked about it when the, the Mets had the great rotation and the Yankees had some offense and some bullpen pieces. And we thought, well, what if we just came together and made a team? How great would that be? So I went through both teams' rosters and farm systems put together. Did a 26-man roster, added an extra guy because it was too hard to narrow it down to 25. Um, so I did, uh, for 2018, used everybody's 2018 salary to try and keep it under luxury tax, which actually wasn't a problem. So yeah, when you put, them, put the teams together, if you check out the article online, the roster's a lot better than either the Yankees or Mets roster separately, and the roster's actually cheaper than both the Yankees and Mets roster separately. So I, obviously, uh, never will really happen, but it would if uh, maybe Steinbrenner and Wilpon take a look at the at the uh, article, they would consider it because I think it would help out both sides. All right, yeah, so, Sean, we're going to swing things over to Richie's side. Richie, I know you had a little bit of a problem here <laughs> with uh, some of the stuff Sean was saying in his article as far as the younger guys and the Mets getting their due. What do you got to say about it? What's your What's your take there about some of these younger guys getting the opportunity to be on this super team that Sean Dyer's put together? Right, let's not say I had a problem. I just had a few disagreements, but uh, for the most part, I agreed with uh, a lot of the, the team that Sean put out there. I mean, I think Conforto and Judge in an outfield would be like just unfair. Like you know, especially the lefty righty balance in the outfield. Um, yeah, I agreed with a lot of it. I guess just um, you know, I think Sean had Rosario and Smith there. And I guess from a, you know, like in terms of hype and, um, you know, how highly touted the guys are, I can understand why they'd be in there. I just, you know, I think, you know, you got to give the, obviously the edge uh, to the offense with the Yankees. You got to give them the edge. I mean, San- definitely Sanchez at catcher. And then I guess with the starting rotation, I-, I think Severino's like super talented. I think he's one of the best young pitchers in baseball. I mean, he's proved that this year. But I think Sean had Syndergaard, DeGrom, was it, who was it, John Gray, Severino, and, and who was the fifth? Syndergaard, DeGrom, Severino, Gray, and Tanaka. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very fair. Like, if you go based off this, like, right, like, right you because you did it completely based off right now, right? Like, at this very moment, with the way they're performing, not, like, 
Well, it's it's an outlook towards the team would be putting together next year. So this year definitely weighed a little heavier. Yeah. Because um, obviously some of the Mets starters have had great years uh, a few years back before injuries. But I couldn't just throw that out the window. So looking ahead to next year, the injury factor for guys like Harvey and Wheeler. Yeah, no. Um, I, who haven't pitched as well since they came back. And obviously Harvey's still hurt. I, I um, think So that affected that decision. Yeah, I, I think in a dream world, like if I knew, you know, where, you know, like the Mets pitchers that I, you know, had big big fans of and the guys that I, you know, have seen perform very well, like, you know, last year, two years ago, I would have had Syndergaard, DeGrom, Severino, Harvey and Mats, and I'm not, and I'm, you know, obviously Harvey's been terrible this year, but, you know, if you, his last start, he was throwing 89 before he got taken out, so there's clearly something wrong with his arm. I'm saying if you have the Har- the old Harvey back that we know, like the guy that, you know, has the makeup to be one of the best pitchers, you know, in baseball, like he has that stuff, and then Mats when, you know, he was exciting and he was great, like, two years ago and last year, and obviously he struggled this year too, that would be my five if I knew Harvey and Mats can get back to that point, but... I think it's really fair to say, obviously, Sonny Gray and Tanaka, because Tanaka's also had great years, you know, before this year, and, you know, Gray has done, you know, real well with Oakland, and, you know, Oakland has a horrible team, in my opinion, on paper. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. If, I, if you could say uh, you're going to give me 2013 or 2015 at Harvey, I absolutely would put him in there. Uh, you just had two bad years since, and then before... Um, before the Yankees acquired Sonny Gray, uh, before the trade deadline, because I've been putting this roster together a little bit before the deadline, I had Mats in as my five starter, and then when Sonny Gray came over, I slotted him in there because uh, Gray had a rough year last year in Oakland, but aside from that, he's been an ace throughout his career, and he got no got no run support in Oakland. Like you said, they're not a very good team. Where if you had the super team offense behind him, he would be tough to beat him. Um, and then uh, I tied Gray Tanaka. Obviously, he's had. Not roughly this year, but overall in his career has been good. I talked to a couple people on Twitter after the article came out that wanted to swap out uh, Tanaka with Mats. I think that's a fair argument too. One guy mentioned that Mats is a cheaper contract, and that Tanaka he hasn't had a major surgery on his arm, but it's almost a ticking time bomb. Just kind of waiting for when that will happen. He's in the DL now with some fatigue, um, so I think Mats definitely could uh, be argued to be put put in there. I would say he would be the sixth starter if there was one. Um, in terms of the way that this roster turned out, salary-wise, there's a lot of guys, a lot of young guys under team control. Like you said, judging Conforto as a sick outfield, they're both making a league minimum. Um, so money wasn't as much of a problem, so it was easy to fit Tanaka's salary in there. But if we were getting towards the luxury tax and you needed to cut costs, Matt's would be an easy fix there because obviously he's set to make close to the league minimum as well. And he's a very, very, very talented pitcher when he's healthy. Uh, he'll be pitching during this series, so we'll see how he does, but... Yeah, so Sean, just looking at the shape of the rest of the team that you had there, um, infield-wise, one of the questions I had just regarding, in general, not what you had written, but just to talk to you guys about this, the first base spot, which has been a constant question mark for the Yankees this year, which has seemingly been, for the Mets, it was Duda, and then Duda gets traded, and now Smith's in there. What what do you think? Do you guys think it, if you're looking at the super team right now, a guy like Smith who's only played a handful of games, or maybe a guy like Greg Bird who has shown that he has flashes of good play in the majors, but he just can't stay on the field, or even there are guys like Tyler Austin that could be in there, or even Garrett Cooper for the Yankees. 
But I, Dominic Smith is just weighing heavily on my mind, not seeing him play that many games, but has the potential to be that good. As Richie said, I think he hit over 300 in each of his levels of minor league ball. So do you think first base is also a toss-up at this point for a super team in New York? Yeah, I think definitely uh, first base in New York on both sides is, is a bit of a question mark. I think if the Mets didn't trade uh, Richie's boy Duda, he probably may have been my first baseman on this team. Um, but like, obviously Burry's been out most of the year, and Smith's been up for four games. So it was basically a lot of just basing it off the hype of the two of them. And when we saw Bird play with New York a couple years ago, he looked good, hit uh, 11 homers in just in like maybe I think it was like 20, 30-something games. So I, he was definitely – that was a tough call between him and Smith. I did put Bird on the team. He's got one of my bench spots. But I went with Smith because uh, Smith's supposed to be a pretty good defender. Uh, he's going to hit for, I think, a higher average than Bird. I talked about in the intro of this article – I said that we would have, we play uh, 40 of our home games at Yankee Stadium, 40 at, at City, and then 81st home game we do a, a coin flip. But I think if we're playing in Yankee Stadium, I think Bird's power plays up a little bit more. Maybe you put him in there. Whereas if you're playing at City Field, maybe you go with the higher average and Dominic Smith. Yeah, 100% a toss up at first base. Uh, went back and forth on it and just landed with Smith. What about you, Rich? What do you think? Smith over Bird, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I guess um, when, like, Sean, like, made the super team, I kind of, like, didn't think about the uh, home field aspect, like, playing in... I, obviously, like, I agree with Sean. Like, I think that was, like, real fair to say with Dominic Smith. And Honestly, right now, I mean, I guess it's because we haven't seen enough of Smith. Like, I really liked Greg Bird, like, that first year. I mean, he really showed... Like, I think he can be, you know, easily a 30, 35 home run hitter if he gets back to, like, where he was when he first came up with the Yankees. But, uh... Yeah, I, I like Bird. I mean, I think he can be a, a really good future first baseman for the Yankees, especially with that short fortune, right? I think he could have a good future there. Yeah, you know, just to throw in my two cents, the thing about Dominic Smith to me, as Sean touched on, he is an average hitter, like more for average than Bird is. And, Richie, you also touched for Bird uh, being more of a home run hitter, saying he could hit 30 to 35 homers. Uh, you know, Dominic Smith kind of reminds me of James Loney. Oh, no, absolutely. Total, totally agree, John. Totally. It's just like that guy, the first baseman spot, you expect them to hit for a little pop, but yep. a guy like James Loney who's going to get up there and get on base a good majority of the time, always put a good <coughs> swing on the ball, but he's never going to wow you with power. That's the kind of guy Dominic Smith reminds me of. Hopefully he could... Completely agree. Right? Hopefully he could keep that weight down and uh, show us that he's capable of holding down a spot on this super team that Sean so well put together. Yeah, average up. Yeah, I think that's definitely... Loney's definitely a good comp uh, on Smith. And another thing, we mentioned obviously Bird's got more power. But if you look at the, the lineup, the middle of our lineup, we have Judge, Cespedes, and Kerry Sanchez. So it wasn't a team in real need of a power bat. Right. Even guys like Conforto at the top of the have leading off. He hits, he's got 26 homers this year. Uh, Castro was hitting a lot of homers before he got hurt. So we didn't, I didn't really need a middle of the order power bat like Greg Brewer. I think when he gets healthy, he could be, like Richie said, 30, 35 home run guy. Uh, but we, I, it wasn't really a big need in this lineup, so I went with the higher average in Smith because there's already so many power bats. But yeah, I, I think uh, hopefully Bird, he's getting ready to do a rehab assignment this week for the Yanks, and hopefully he'll make it back to the playoff push. I think he did show a lot when he was up a couple years ago, so hopefully he gets healthy, he's got a future, but we'll see. 
All right, yeah, and Sean, you know, we don't want to give away too much of the article because you folks out there should be on our website reading at www.empirerightsback.com. Just go on there, look for the guy, Sean Dyer. He's got a nice little picture, senior picture from you, Dell, in a suit. You know, he's looking good, looking looking spiffy, ready to take on the real world. Uh, you got to check him out. He's all over the place on Twitter, too. And uh, that article, probably one of the more creative I've ever read outside of Empire Rights Back. So, Sean, Really big tip of the cap to you. It was awesome. Really great read. Thank you, sir. All right, now, you know, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, and that means it's time for everybody's favorite, the final take, the final thought. How are we going to do it? Sean, I went first last time, so why don't you go first? Final thought regarding the Subway Series. What's going to happen? What's your take? All right, let's see. I'm going to say... All right, I'll give DeGrom the win tonight. But then I'm going to say the Yanks win both games in City, take three out of four, uh, and head into this, this series against the Red Sox uh, on a little bit of a roll. I like that. Rich, you want to take your final thought with us? Uh, yeah, I say they're going to split the series. I say uh, the Grom wins tonight. And then in the, uh, what is it, Lugo and Garcia? Yeah. I say, yeah Gar- Gar- I say Garcia beats Lugo. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to say Matt's beat Severino, but I think they're going to win that game. I don't know if, like, Matt's will get the win, or Severino will get the loss, but I think they'll win that, that game somehow. I like that a lot, that split decision there with between uh, Matt and Severino, because Severino, like Sean had touched on during the break, coming off a little bit of a tough spot. Um, my final thought here is that I'm going to go DeGrom wins tonight outright. I think he goes seven and two-thirds. I'm going to get very specific. Seven and two-thirds before getting pulled from the game. The Mets are going to hold it down and win. I'm going to say Judge... Hits two home runs in the next three games, gets hot, going into Fenway. And I'm going to say the Yanks win both in City Field. I think Severino bounces back. He's going to get a decision. He's going to get a win. And I think in the Garcia-Lugo matchup, I think Garcia is going to beat him outright. I think he's just going to be more of a hold-down pitcher than Lugo is going to be at the time. So I'm saying the Yankees win uh, two out of the next three. Judge is a home run in two out of the next three. And uh, they go into Fenway. Probably riding pretty close to Boston, considering Cleveland is... I think Cleveland is going to have a good chance of taking a few games from them this weekend. So, boys, that is the end of the Subway Series special. Sean, thanks for calling in on vacation, big guy. We appreciate your time. No problem. All right, absolutely. And Richie, thank you for taking the time to come on over and be on your first ever podcast for Empire Rates. I really appreciate you being here and being our Mets guy for the day. It was my pleasure, John. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, sir. And don't forget, we are all over social media, folks. We're Empire Rights back on on Facebook. Just put us in the search engine. Just type it in. We're right there. Put us in on Twitter, at Empire Rights Back, back, spelled B-C-K. Sean, he's on Twitter at Sean R. Dyer. Richie, throw him your Twitter handle. Richie Todd 94. Richie Todd 94. Got a lot of hot takes about the New York Mets you're not going to want to miss. And I'm at Hey It's Franklin 6 on Twitter. It's been a true pleasure giving you guys our Subway Series special. That'll do it for us. We got three games left of the Subway Series. Let's take it to the weekend. Don't get me out of nowhere.